Okie doke. So, welcome back to the Queen City Roundup Pod, where we try and talk about sports and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, so there still is no... Well, okay, there is live sports. There were two UFC events that were very successful, which we'll we'll t- we'll just touch on them quickly. Um, I don't know if you watched it, Joe, but I watched a little bit of it, and I have to say, UFC without fans, I like it. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool hearing like like each like corner talking to like the fighters and all that. Yeah, and like you hear some like camaraderie. Uh, wow, I can't spot. I can't talk. Well, well, hear like the games. Like, between like each fighter like did you see that clip from the fights yesterday where like one guy has him in a chokehold he's like sorry i gotta do this part of the game and like oh no big deal <laughs> <laughs> the best was um like we can actually like hear the impact of the shots like especially like body shots yeah because like everyone freaks out about like okay if you get like hit in the head of course it's gonna like sting but like kidney shots like abdomen shots no one, like no, i don't hurt. think i don't think they like just like the casual fan watching realizes how hard like they're throwing those body shots yeah like i think as a fan like looking at it without or looking at it with fans it's like eesh. but now it's like oh boy that's uh that's pretty bad that still is kind of weird though how you hear like you hear like the octagon like springing as they walk on it kind of thing and then it's just <laughs> like like i don't know it's weird it's weird but i kind of like it yeah uh speaking of, of things that weird i just opened twitter um and i don't i don't mean to get political here um but uh this one woman by the name of uh candace Mac- Ma- candace malcolm who uh writes for the toronto sun uh, and is the editor for True North uh, Center, basically oh, is calling out Steve Dangle over a really, really stupid, like, thing. So, basically... Send it to me? Let me see this. All right, so this was tweeted an hour ago. So, I'll, I'll, I'll do the little... Uh, I won't... That I, I, I can't speak. Uh, your, your speech has gotten up to me. Um, but I'll, I'll keep Contagious. it short. So, basically... Uh, this is what the thread says. So she said, Sportsnet fired Don Cherry for saying, you people, when telling all Canadians to wear poppies. Meanwhile, they employ this goon tagging Steve's uh, Twitter name, at Steve underscore Dangle, who calls all Trump supporters cowardly, weak-kneed, bedwetting pieces of shit. And then followed by, by Classy and then tags the Sportsnet PR page. But wait, there's more. Then she goes on to dig in and find the quote by Bart Yabsley, who is the president of Sportsnet, in the relation of uh, Don Cherry's comments, and said, I'm old enough to remember five months ago when Sportsnet PR issued this statement saying, sports brings people together. It unites us, not divides us. She then wraps this up by saying, how come Sportsnet PR has one set of standards for employees who lean conservative like Don Cherry and apparently a totally different non-existent set of standards for those who hate conservatives? 
So, um, hating, not being, calling out Trump, people that like Trump isn't isn't necessarily being conservative. It's it's just being an just the support for an openly racist and sexist and misogynistic person. <laughs> also, like, I, I just I, love how like they, I just love how they like twist twist everything to to make it like seem like oh so what's the difference? Yeah, and my gripe with this is that you are a resident of Canada. Why are you giving part of my French? But why are you giving a shit about American politics when you live in Ontario? You write for the Toronto Sun. Do you know what people in Toronto care about right now? They care about people like being safe during this pandemic. They don't care because a blogger who screams into a webcam sitting on a exercise ball made one tweet that was clearly a rightfully good back tweet, which is funny because people are just trashing her in the comments. Like, one of our friends, uh, Spence from OT Heroics, he just basically said, like, she's just a giant tool bag. Um, I don't mean to, like, sound disrespectful. She's probably never going to listen to this anyway. I honestly don't care. Do what like, you want. At, at, at the same time, like, come on. Those are different standards to have. It's one thing to say if you're disagreeing with somebody, but it's another thing to basically call out a blatant bully, which... That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say about the president because again. And another you know, thing too about like the Don Cherry situation. Sure, the last thing he said may have not been like like the worst thing he's ever said, but he's had his chances. And that yeah. was just like, okay, that's it. And like people have wanted Don Cherry off of the air for years, not just like this year, years. No, it's been like probably close to a decade at least. This was just the straw that broke the camel's back like i'm i'm at all like i'm literally mm-hmm. just shocked at the way that people are um uh, but th- th- that's all i wanted to say um for those of you who you know support that fine i'm not gonna hate you for it but like it's it's strange like i don't know why you go on and and, and write about this stuff uh, but anyway so uh random tirade aside um yeah. so yeah random tirade aside me and joey since we're bored as as many people are in uh in the current circumstances of the world and even though we'll get to some talk about some some new plans that some leagues have uh since joey and i are depressing leaf fans uh joey came up with the idea to do a tier length risk wrist list huh dear god i can't i can't speak none of us can talk today honestly god man like i'm i haven't even had beer in, in a long time side note i tried non-alcoholic heineken the other day Oof. awful too sweet it was like i don't even know what the hell i drank but anyway so enough segueing so basically uh, for those of you who don't know what the uh tiermaker.com website is it's basically you can make your own rankings based off of anything you can do it based off of fast food places which will get you into so many arguments because everyone well, that, that, that that will be a cause for a debate we, we i'm sure we, we can do this another day with with uh, with fast food places uh, or anything really so we decided since we are a sport podcast technically 
uh, we are going to go off and uh, create our own tier list of the 1920 Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, we're going to go through each player. Uh, we're both going to state our rank that we should give them. And then we are going to go ahead and uh, put them in that category. So originally it was going to go, uh, the the obvious one was going to go like S tier, A tier, B, C, and D. Uh, but Joey, being the creative person that he is, um, he has put some creative titles in for at least some of the tiers. I'm, I'm, I'm looking just at it right the now. top and the bottom. Yeah, it can, so, it can go up and down. Well, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll play around with it, and I just dropped my webcam. Um, so we're going to go through all... I dropped my webcam again, my God. But now my now my audio is going to sound really, really horrible. Um, so yeah, without further ado, so uh, just some clarifications. This is going to be um, every single person that has at least played a game or multiple games with the Leafs. Well, so there's currently no, on the Leafs roster. Yeah, so there's going to be no, like... Korsh, Igor Korshkov, Mason Marchment. Um, I don't even know who the hell else played for the team this year. That was like a short stint. Feels like um, so long. I know, dude. I can't believe it's been like two months since we have we've had hockey. But I I have a take on that later. But anyway, let's get down to the nitty gritty. So are we going uh are we going bottom to top or are we going top to bottom in terms of the list. Um, we're just going as the players come down here at okay, the bottom so of the we'll screen. We'll do all right. So but we'll, you get, just just we'll, so we don't waste any time, I'll just put Cody CC where he belongs. In S tier, right? Uh, okay. Well, no, I put him in the leave in in the category titled leave. Oof, that that's pretty brutal. Um. Okay, so now that we got the the elephant in the room out of the way, uh, I guess we'll go in and any any objections. I mean, nope. Okay. It's factual. It's gonna happen. But like, come on. I mean, okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was a Babcock favorite. Exactly. Oh yeah. By, by the way, we're not doing coaches either, which is why Mike Babcock is not on this list. Mhm. Uh, all, right. all right. But you anyway, can, let's yeah. let's dive right into. You can the start us off. All righty. So uh, the first name Justin I see Hall. to my yeah, the first name I see to my far left is Justin Hall. Um, I don't, I think you and I can agree on this. Justin Hall deserves to be in C tier. Um, just because are, are any any disagreements with that or no? Yeah, yes, I was thinking a little, little on B, but he could be in either one. Like it's like his highs were high and like his lows weren't. Like his highs were like yeah. He's a right-handed like shot. Seat. He's a right-handed shot defenseman that plays for the Leafs. That's all you need to say. Um, he's, a, he's a he's a high C. He's a C plus. Yeah. In our rank. Uh, all right. So the next one is Zach Hyman. I think that Zach Hyman belongs in arguably the best tier. I would say the best tier is Zach Hyman. I yeah. think the last few seasons proved that he's very underrated. Like I remember when I agree with that. when the Marley was like, well, yeah, when the Marley's like. Uh, Nylander and like Kapanen got called up after the trade deadline in, in 2016. Hyman was the quiet one, and he literally went from like he went from having like, I think he had 
I'm trying. I'm, he I'm was scoring this year at like an unbelievable rate. Like if yeah. you like, so just to stretch just it out to an 82 game pace, he would have like close to like like a point, close to a point per game. No, if not a point per game. Yeah, considering he missed like the first 20 games, uh, come recovering from uh mm-hmm. from a basically shattered ankle. Um, so just to paint the picture for Zach Hyman in. Here are his totals over the years. So he had 37 points in 59 games with the Marlies. Then in order of all of his NHL points, I'm just going to go by his points. So in his first year, six, but that's only 16 games, small sample size. Then it goes 28, 40, 41, and 37. With the last two seasons, well, okay, season and a half, um with him scoring 21 goals in both seasons, which is pretty good. And I'm just looking at this right now. He's got a nose for the net. I'm just looking at this right now. He had 102 points with the Hamilton Red Wings of the OJHL. That's pretty good. And I think that was his Mm -hmm. draft year too. Yeah, he got drafted in the fifth round like the year before. And then he just went back and dominated. And okay, he's... I would argue Zach Hyman with a broken or a torn ACL is pretty good, even though Mike Babcock like destroyed his ankle. But I digress. I, I think it was a fairly good move to put him there. Uh, I'll let you do the next Mor- one. Morgan Riley. This year I put him at a B. Typically he'd um, be an A or better. Yeah, but exactly. This, this year. Just like it's not like he was really bad. I don't think he was as bad as like pe- what a lot of people made it out to be. But I think we also need yeah. to like preface a lot of these players have played uh, have not played a full season. Regard minus well, okay. when I mean full season, it's they missed games prior to the season suspension. So yeah, um, so they may normally they would be higher, but obviously. Um, you know, we we're doing this based on fairness because we don't want to kind of overflow, uh, one area and one mm-hmm. tier. So I'd say B is fair considering Riley like broke his foot and he was playing a majority of the season hurt prior to that. Uh, I would argue it's it's a fair game. It's pretty uh pretty solid if you ask yeah. me. And Alexander Kerfoot. I'm just going to drop them and see. I don't know. Have you any objections to that? Uh, I mean, Kerfoot was the kind of person that, like, it, it, he was a weird player when we got him. And, like, he was playing center. And then, like, people got hurt. So then they moved him to the wing. And he was really good on the on, on Tavares' wing. And, like, he, he only has 28 points this year, which isn't the greatest. But he was so. never really a point. Well, he like was a, a big time point getter. Well, he was a like, forty point getter in two years with Colorado, um, and I think to be completely honest, it's because Colorado used him more sparingly. Here in Toronto, like he's kind of used as a like a fringe top nine forward, third line center if need be. Like I like I the know. like I don't the, I don't dislike him at all. Like he's defensively responsible. And like he does what he is asked to do, and like he can play well, and like he's a good like support. I he think plays he's the just, power play too, no? Or is that 
I don't think he. Oh. I think he did at one point, but he wasn't yeah. like consistently on the power play. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Like, not to like flack on him. I just think I just think C is where he's at because I feel like he could have been a B, but he just like what he just doesn't have the point production to for it. Yeah, like I I could definitely agree with that. Like there again, it's like we're not dissing the player; we're just reviewing their mm-hmm. their season. So yeah. uh, next is Andreas Janssen, and Andreas Janssen, I'm gonna go ahead and put him in S tier, mainly because. So a, you mean in the in, in in the best? Oh no! Oh no! Not in the S tier. I mean in the C tier. Our I was okay. Slow. I was like, um, whoa, whoa! We were really over evaluating. Yeah, that was that was way way too big. Um, but the reason being is because, uh, again, Janssen's not bad at all. He's, if anything, one of the better top six forwards that the team has. It's just the poor guy went from, like, a 40-point season last year, and he's been battling injury. He, like, shattered his, like, I think he shattered, like, his leg, uh, like, blocking a shot, which was mm-hmm. really, which really sucked. Um, yeah, I think, to be completely honest, out of, Janssen and another name that we'll obviously get to later, he might get dealt. Same with Kerfoot. Like, to be completely honest, looking at Kerfoot and Janssen right now in the C tier together, one might go, depending on how the... both. Uh, maybe. I could, I could potentially see it. Yeah, I think it's, it's really uh, hard to gauge. Just because, like, you know, again, like, you know, people have down years all the time. And you have to, you know, kind of trust in their in their production. But also, like, injuries happen, too, and it's really hard to, to come back from those. So uh, that's fair. I guess we'll do two each uh, since yeah. we're going on this trend anyway. So I get the GOAT, which the GOAT obviously belongs in the best He's tier. He's a tricky one. I'm going to put GOAT in C tier. Because the I reason agree being, with that, but I... Would you put him in, would you put him in D? No territory, because the thing no, is, because like, I like go. Yeah, like for to me, this is gonna sound. I don't know if people are gonna agree with me. Freddie Gauthier is like Leo Komarov in a way, where okay, he's not it's gonna. Not go, as mean. Yeah, he's a guy who needs to learn how to use his size. If he learns how to use his size, like he's he's already better in the faceoff circle. He's already like better when it comes to skating. If he can start throwing his body confidently and sticking up for his, his teammates when he needs to, like, dude, like, that's a package deal right there. And now, in hindsight, would I have drafted Frederick Gauthier in the in the first round with the Leafs pick? No. Consider, considering considering uh, what's really interesting is that Freddie Gauthier uh, and uh, – Andreas Janssen both went in the same draft year. I would argue Janssen would – I'd draft Janssen higher, um, but that's yeah. beside the point. Uh, Goat is, again, really interesting because, like Joey said, like he's 25. He's got over like close to 200 games to his belt. He's basically kind of like their fourth-line center. Like, I don't winger. know. Like, that's, what, that's what I like about him is like you can put him on the wing. You can put him at center. It's like, and like he has size, which like once he learns how to throw his body around, he'll be like such a useful piece in like a bottom six. I just feel like he's too, he's too nice. 
Yeah, he's like a living teddy bear. Like if you've like heard yeah. him talk, which is funny. Mm-hmm. The dude's huge. Uh, but yeah, I'd say Freddy Goatee belongs in, in C tier. Uh, and right. I'll give you, I'll give you the next two. So Pierre Engvall, this is a tricky one. I don't want to overinflate C, but one. I feel like, I feel like a B would be too high. A C would be too like. like it, we should have like kind of like Justin Hall up. territory. Yeah, like to me, if only like, like I put a- him higher up in the C here. Like, like I I think he I liked him better than Kerfoot when in his time up with the team. But then again, it's just like the inconsistency is like he got off to such a great start. Yeah, and, and then I think he that's also just like stopped at one point. I think it's also one of those things where it's like, you know, he, you expect somebody who like starts the season hot to continue it, but like, mm-hmm. you're going to cool down. Mm-hmm. And like, the thing is, is with Engvall, like he's only, again, he's only 23. He just, you know, came and played in North America two years ago. So he's still adapting. Um, he's a good bottom six guy. Yeah. He's a good bottom six guy. He's cheap. Um, you know, he's big. Another guy that I think, like, every old-school, like, boomer Leaf hockey fan would love. Just because, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's just a guy who could, you know, once he gets better, throw his body around, you know, play a little bit more physical. But, you know, he's definitely done his job. Like, he's got a really big, long reach. And that's what you need to, you know, sometimes score in those circumstances. Also, like, he's got a giant-ass neck, and we have similar beards as of right now because I shaved my beard for the <laughs> first time in over three months. Well, I didn't shave it, nice. but like, I trimmed it, and then I goofed up because mm. I didn't know the the settings on the, the shaver that we bought. I thought one, <laughs> I thought one meant, like, okay, you're not going to trim that much. No, no you one is take the off most. Whole, yeah, you take off a chunk. Mm. So I learned that the hard way. Um, but anyway... Oh, well. Uh, so, so that segue aside, that's why I'm putting uh, Pierre Engvall in C tier. Another not, tricky not. one next is Travis Dermott. Because Dermott's a player that I really like. And you see him do something, and you're like, and you're like, oh, shit, he can do that. And then he does something else, and you're like, oh, no, he can do that. <laughs> Travis like, Dermott is the It's the inconsistencies I, again. I think, to be completely honest, I want him to be better than what Jake Gardner was. And I, I think feel like he, he, has can, the potential he can be. I'm surprised that like, I feel like if Gardner wasn't like, like back with the team last year, Dermot could potentially have taken his spot just because like, if you look at his numbers with the Marlies, he was always like an effective, like uh like point producer in like mm-hmm. the last two years when he was with the, the Marlies. Like he's got the skill set. Like it's just again, and like the inconsistencies. Yeah, a funny, a funny like, story on. No, go ahead, and then I'll say a funny story about Travis. No, I was just gonna say it's just like it's like the whole Leafs decor. It's like if they all played up to like their potential, the Leafs decor would be so much better. Uh, other than Cody Cece, he's the Leafs so decor is like a college student. They could always be like a majority could always do better. But if they take the easy route, then it'll it'll help them. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so funny story involving Travis Dermott. 
Um, so this one guy that I went to high school with, like he played hockey. Like, I don't know if it was, I don't know what level. Um, but we had like our reunion back in like February. So we went and he was a little bit buzzed and the Leafs game was on and they won four, nothing against Pittsburgh, which was arguably their best game of the season because that was after their mm-hmm. horrible loss to Pittsburgh. Um, so then the second horrible loss of the season to Pittsburgh, I would argue that the, the second one was worse just because the first yeah. one was like, we need change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then change happened. That was the um, protest game. But he was like, I think Dermot was like getting into a scruff with somebody. And then he's just like, he mm-hmm. taps me on the shoulder. He's like, see that guy over there, that Dermot guy, man, I had a buddy and like, you know, apparently Dermot was flirting with his girl and like my buddy and him scrapped and he beat the shit out of him. And I'm just like, Oh, like I, a part of me, like I wanted to ask for the guy's name, but at the same time I was like, I don't want to do this because, like, imagine I like, go and meet Travis Dermott one day and it's like, hey, you know, you you ever hear of this guy that, like, you know, kind of, like, supposedly, you know, kicked your ass? Like, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but, like, what <laughs> I hear, what, it's, what the word on the street is. Um, but, yeah, m- moral of the story is that Travis Dermott is always going to be the player that I He's the new Jake Gardner. Support. Yeah, which which is sad, but like I like Jake to an extent. And I really like I I like I do like Dermot. I really do. It's just like, come on, man. Exactly. Uh, okay. So right. the next name that I have to do is basically I believe that's Dennis Mulgan. Yeah. Okay, so I'll put Dennis Mulgan <laughs> in the leave territory. And the, and the only reason why I'm gonna I, put him in the leave he territory. Did for me. Yeah, like he's not bad, but like. He's interchangeable. You know what I mean? Like, he's not him, a bad player. I'll put him in front of Cody Cece in the uh, lead yeah, category. He's not a bad player, but he's not a good player. Like, mm-hmm. he's a player that's very interchangeable in the Leafs system. And also, Dennis Mulgan is better than, than Mason Martin. And you know what? I'll, make, I'll do something else. One second. No. Okay, so Joey is going to go ahead and make uh, another tier. I'm assuming he's going to make, like, kind of like a fourth oh, yeah, here uh okay so while he's doing that um it's not working yeah i think that's the default one but you're kind of stuck with that oh well i was gonna make one just for cody cc but it's fine okay it's just like <laughs> it's just like everyone else and it's like no it's like why just no um <laughs> so i think that's callie rosen is that callie rosen yes yes okay well there's there's a name that's missing um but i'll i'll talk about it later um callie rosen again it's hard to say because he hasn't played a game with us this year no he has has he yeah because remember we had like all our defense injured at once so like we treated him for hutchinson and we're like okay i know he's supposed to play in the marlies but uh everyone's hurt so oh yeah you played four games and he's got pair of actually he has he has just as many points with the Leafs in three years and he has two and he had almost he has half the amount of that points or almost half with the cut with the avalanche so he's at least got, he's at least a point per season even though he's only played 20 games um but anyway Rosen's a tough one because I don't know what to think he was always the kind of guy that like 
comparing him to Andreas Borgman, which I know that's, that's a fossil of a name, uh, I liked Borgman more. But then I saw Rosen play with the Marlies, and I was like, okay, this guy might be like someone that we're we're not seeing here. Um, but like again, like Rosen? it's a small sample. I'll put it, put him in leave. But the reason why I'm saying that is because there's so many left-handed D options. Number one and number two, um, I, I just it's a small sample size, man. Like I don't know that much about him. He's like Justin Hall territory. Like, Hall was in the leave category if we were doing it last year, not by our choice. Um, but, you know, just more like, or less. He can be, like, a like a pretty, like, decent defenseman. It's just, um, it's just he hasn't played that much. Exactly, yeah. It's just like you don't sample, really know. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, yeah, that's mine. So, now you get, the, you get the two fun ones. These are probably two of the most difficult. Rasmus... Sand in. I'm putting in B with Morgan Ryan. I love Rasmus Sandin. He's, I think he, like, yeah, there's some bumps on on the road this season, but he's still a teen. He's still a teenager. I'm pretty sure. And like so, coming yeah. over from, yeah, coming over from Sweden, and like, uh, like he's really really impressed me. Like especially like his first little run we had with the Leafs. I was just like really impressed with. And, uh, yeah, like I said before, there's obviously, like, a learning curve and, and growing pains, which we saw. But overall, it's just, like, like he'll, he'll be really good for us for a long time. I mean, I love Rasmus Sandin because we, we, we the same age, even though that the uh, the eight, 2018 draft made me sad because it's, like, what could have been. Um, but I did not have the talent nor the size to be a hockey player. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I remember the Leafs got Rasmus Sandin, and I remember everyone went from who the hell is he, and then he played for the Marlies, and everyone's like, oh, hi, this guy's fun. And then he mm-hmm. played like he played like a madman at the World Juniors this past year. Oh, both, he had a great years, World Junior. both years, he was arguably Sweden's best defenseman, I would say. Yeah. Because like he had 10, like, okay, this year, by, by default, he was. Uh, but even like 2019, he was really, really good. Like, he was almost a point-per-game pace. He was always a plus player. He was good at moving the puck, which is what the team needs. Um, where is he going to play if and when the season resumes? Or if even if it resumes at all, I have no idea. Uh, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be an interesting uh, little bit. I'm not entirely sure what's going to what's gonna happen, but uh, I'm hoping best things. Ilya Ilya Mikheyev. Um, I'll put him in A, just based on what he's played so far. What an effective third liner he was, eh? Yeah. I feel like he he brought this energy to the team whenever he was on the ice. And then he gave them, like, a swagger of some sorts. I don't know if that's just me. But, yeah, like, he... Like he like put a jolt into the office into the offense and like I don't know he's just such a fun player and like uh, just protect him at all costs like he's very skilled player as well he's not just fun he's skilled also like his his post game interviews are amazing are, because they're amazing um my my two favorite interviews are 
when he basically went from um, he tried to do the whole entire interview in English, um, mm-hmm. and he was saying that he was learning from uh, watching the show Friends on Netflix, which Friends is actually off Netflix, so I don't know I don't know what he's learning. I hope he's learning from The Office because then that would be really great. That's way better than Friends. Friends is garbage. Uh, I, I won't say that because I have uh, one of my favorite people that I have. Uh, she loves friends and I don't want to I don't want to start an argument. I, I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite. Like it's it's I'll watch it. it it'll be funny at times, but like it's not be all end all. Um, and also, like considering he finally got that uh, that that deal, uh, I think he got a deal with Campbell Soups or something like that. Um you know, that's great. And my second favorite, like, interview was uh, the the Edmonton camera incident where he broke the camera scoring a goal. And then afterwards, he's just like, oh, sorry about that. Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just, just very polite, very, very gentle man. Uh, and I have the next right. two. You and this got two pretty fun ones. So Austin Matthews is obviously going in the uh, C tier. Uh, C stands for center, which everyone thought he was going to be. I'm just kidding. Put him in the best tier. You no, know, he can just be so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, to be completely honest, we should have given, given Matthews a tier to himself. Um, but even still, like, you know, I think we can all agree that, like, he is not Anze Kopitar. He is a million times better than Anze Kopitar. And he actually is well – he has more points in his uh, – career than he has games played he's got 285 points in 282 games career high in goals almost a career high in assists if only he had three more he would have matched his career high in assists he would have also an- another thing about Matthews 50 that, goals yeah another thing about matthews which i i just realized this now he does not take many penalties oh he in, his, in his career he's only taking he's, 40, he's taking 46 penalty minutes it's a useless stat nowadays but dude it's actually really interesting like this guy has discipline like it almost makes me look like the best skill you can have is availability exactly and like besides like okay mustache aside because i it makes me want to watch narcos which i've never gotten into i want to uh if it wasn't for that little silly incident at the beginning of the season which feels like an eternity ago uh he would have been captain and he would have probably been on pace to be, uh, oh, I'm yawning. Uh, he would have been on pace to be probably one of the best Leafs goal scorers in history. Considering Matt Sanin has 1349 and he played well over 20 years, I think Matthews might potentially break that if he stays his whole career with the Leafs, which he potentially will. Unless you're just an Arizona Coyotes fan and you want to yell and scream and say he's going to go back there, which, I mean, at this point, sure, but no. Um, so my next one's actually, I think, the hardest one. So my next one's Freddie Anderson. Um, I need a sip of water for this. Um, so Freddie is going to be a little controversial here. Um, right. I want to put Freddie in the B tier. I know this is probably going to, like, kill everybody's, like, well, I don't know. Like, if you want to look on the last, like, year or so of the season, people were with me on that. 
it's the thing like like Freddie Anderson is just overworked, and the poor guy is struggling because a he's overworked, and b he's you know been injured a lot, which really sucks. He's kind of like, in my opinion, he's kind of like James Reimer a little bit in the form of like his goals against is always very high, but he still steals games and he's still freaking monstrous in terms of like his statistics. Uh, Also, what's really weird is that he's got a 909 save percentage this year. And last year he only had one shutout. This year he uh, yeah he had no yeah I can't even speak he had a nine seventeen last year and only one shutout but he has a nine oh nine this year but three shutouts so I don't know if it's maybe because like scoring has gone up which is totally possible or like just maybe just fatigue like he's been left out to dry pretty badly this year so like I don't know it's mm-hmm. really it's really hard to uh to ask that but like i'm putting him in b in b just because he's not dominic hashik i want him to be dominic hashik if we had dominic hashik we would win three stanley cups maybe dominic hashik now i don't know uh but like i just Mm -hmm. don't think that freddie anderson's he's not the best goalie in the league he's top 10 arguably top five when he's turned it on but that's pretty much what I'm going to say about it. Also, speaking of Dominic Hasek, yeah. I have to I have to throw this in there because I completely forgot. Um, oh, I just Googled his, uh, his statistics right now. Did you know that Dominic Hasek played one year for the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, I remember I, that. I didn't. And he had a and he had one of his best years in Ottawa. And I don't mm-hmm. even think Ottawa made did Ottawa like do anything relevant that year. Like that's that's. I don't. That's weird. I don't think so. That's weird. Also, like, I'm surprised he didn't win. Like, well, okay, uh, okay, I I understand that. Um, so, uh, Joey gets the next two picks, which are um, arguably my two favorite people. So, All right. You know, the, Jack Campbell. So I'm. Do I want to put him in A? Why do I do that? I guess. A or B. B, I would say B. Uh, yeah, B, put him in B. B is only like but, for people that we expect more from. But like, if Campbell keeps doing what he's doing, if we ride him, I mean, he's a backup, and he he, he so has far, the like what he has, he had like five, six games. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think he's Anderson's replacement? Uh, well, originally I thought they got him. So they can flip him in the expansion draft, but at this point right now, ain't nobody knowing when the expansion draft is going to be, because it's literally like the uh, last on every person's priority right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they might hold on to him for one more year, considering like if you're paying under a million for or or just a little over a million for a backup goalie, that's not bad. I think he's making less than Curtis McElhaney right now. If I had yeah. to, if I had to like look it up, I'm sure it's, I like I'm gonna look it up right now, but like, Joey can go ahead and and further justify unless he's done with his justification. Just because he's an, oh no, I just wanted to say, uh, other than that, he's just an overall beauty. 
he's the team. Te- oh, he's a teammate's teammate. Okay, so he's yeah. making one. He's making one six five for next season whenever it starts and the following season. Bad. And mm-hmm. Curtis McElhaney is making. Okay, McElhaney is only making one point three. But you're paying a little bit more for a little bit younger and arguably a little bit better. And I don't know. I think Jack Campbell's having a better career numbers-wise than, than Curtis McElhaney. All people right. don't, people so, don't realize how Curtis McElhaney was over like his early career in like Calgary and in Columbus. He mm-hmm. wasn't amazing. It wasn't good. Exactly. Man. Anyways, moving on. Jake Muzzin, Muzz Lightyear. Put him in A. He was the anchor, even though he missed time. He was the anchor of the Leafs defense. It, like lived and died by him. And like he just knew when to st- when to step up. And he doesn't have a letter on his jersey, but I think he was. He's part of the leadership group with the Leafs too. Like he's just you could just tell like from how he is. On the ice, like he leads by example, and he shows the, and he shows results too. Yeah, I think Muzzin was definitely kind of like the defenseman that the Leafs needed for so long, and also mm-hmm. like, I didn't know that I wanted Jake Muzzin, but now that I know that he is a Leaf, I'm like, I'm I'm all for this. I will die on this hill for this man because he's great. And also, me and him could grow a beard in, like, less than a week. So that's something I could definitely applaud him for. He's also, I think, from the Sioux. So, you know, he can be drinking buddies with Dubas once they once they win the cup with Jake Muzzin. Because, please, for the love of God, let that be a fantasy of mine. Um, so now I get the two old men of the group. Um, so the first one is Jason Spezza. Jason Spezza is going in B tier um, because Jason Spezza, first of all, he basically, I think he got an offer from Ottawa to go back to like where he spent his whole career minus like a cup, like a few seasons in Dallas. But he's like, LOL. No, where where are you go. putting him? Uh, I'm putting Jason Spezza in B tier. I agree. B for Babcock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, by B tier, I mean, like, he's basically a third line center now. He's not like 50, 60 point Jason Spezza anymore, but when you give him that time, he's going to be like good Jason's, like a good player. Also, like, he's Mm -hmm. a playoff warrior, man. Like, if you look at his playoff stats, he's got seven, he's played over 80 games. I know he's actually played exactly 80 games and he's got 70 points in those 80 games. Like, that's pretty good. Now, granted, he's only made the playoffs once with Dallas, and he's had two 60-point seasons that were wasted, but he's still an effective player. It's just he got slapped with a huge, like, uh, contract that the Sens gave him that eventually they didn't want to pay him because, you know, mm-hmm. Eugene got a Eugene. Um, and also, like, yeah, I think with, with him – Actually, yeah, he signed. He's he had seven, then he got like a half million raise with with the stars. Um, yeah, and also like age is obviously gonna like catch up to you. You're not going to be like an amazing goal scorer for the rest of your life unless your name is Yarmir Yager or Gordy Howe. 
Um, but he's still an effective player. And considering he basically wants to retire with the Leafs and win a cup with the Leafs, uh, he has earned my trust and earned my love. Um, even though, like, talking to my dad, he's like, this is awkward. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But it's nice. And he's like, yeah, it's very nice, too. I remember I kind of forgot in the offseason that the Leafs signed him, like, later on in the offseason. And then I saw him do, like, an interview doing, like, the Leafs hat. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's... This is a thing, yeah. And also, like, it was also kind of funny seeing how uh, everyone lost their mind about him getting scratched in the home opener. Mm-hmm. And, like, now when we look back at it, we're just like, oh, man, that was a horrible friggin' thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think, I think it's very fair. Um, putting Spets in B because you know he's he's got better numbers arguably than Kerfoot and he's been playing less time so I would say I would say it's better. Uh, so next I get John Tavares and I'm putting JT in the best tier. I think we can all agree on that because yeah. even though I had one guy in one of my classes, this was after the Leafs lost to. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was after the Penguins, the first Penguins game. Um, he was saying that they should listen to offers on John Tavares. And I was like, um, why should they do that? You, sir, do not know hockey. You should go away. Uh, and also keep in mind that John Tavares has hit at least 60 points every single year in his NHL career, except for the lockout short season. And yeah. also... You know, he's still a capable player. He was he's still almost at a point per game scoring pace. Like and also like he scored two goals with a broken finger. That that's pretty hard, man. Um I think the only like the only thing that I think Tavares is lacking, and everyone can agree on this, he's not a fast skater. Like mm-hmm. if he could get a little faster, then he would be great. Like, I guarantee you, if people were to ask, who would you rather have, Steven Stamkos or, or John Tavares, I probably would pick Stamkos. But now that we have Matthews, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm good with, with Tavares. Also, like, mm-hmm. now that I have Matthews, like, do I do we really need Steven Stamkos? Like, it would be nice. But, you know, it can't always be, like, the golden state of the league and just, like, spend no, money on it. And we have a thing called a hard salary cap. Yeah, that's uh, that's also a hard thing to follow. Which everybody's mm-hmm. gonna be like, "LOL, what's the salary cap?" And then Bat- and then Batman's gonna be like, "Uh, we're gonna play the regular season first. And we're just like, oh no. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Also, um, I'm glad that you ended up quoting the the tweet earlier. Literally, like, five minutes ago, like, I just pull out my phone, and then I'm just like, oh, okay, you're going in and chiming in on that. I'll chime in on it, too, I guess, in a <laughs> second. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that was, was that, yeah, that was my second player. So you get the next two, which are, ooh, you get two fun ones. Yeah, so I'm just going to try to hurry this up a bit because I just realized how much time we spent on, on this. <laughs> Yeah. We, um. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get a Kasperi Kapanen. I don't know. I really like Kapanen. I give him a B. Like, yeah, that's there's fair. a lot. There's a lot of um. Like, first of all, his, he's one of the fast players in the league, which is very, and very underrated. 
skill that he owns, and also like his feistiness. Like he's not afraid to like, like not not nece- not necessarily throw that body around, but like there's been a lot of talk about like the Leafs' character and like their willingness to like be tough and all that. And Kapanen like exemplifies that. So like and like I feel like this is why I think it's not it's not it's not something that like getting a player in will fix. It's more of a culture thing and start like that you need to build up. And I think Kapanen is the head of that and like he can help bring that culture in into the team. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would say so. All right. And then Kyle Clifford. I'll just put him in leave just because he was the guy. Yeah, he <laughs> like was... he's like like I like Clifford, but he was like if, if the Leafs don't end up resigning him, it's not that too big of a deal for me. Like I don't like I won't be upset about it or anything. I'd be I'd like it if he stays, but I wouldn't really care too much if like they don't reach a deal. Yeah, I would say so. He's one of the people that I would love to, uh, you know, I would love to keep, but, you know, the cap, again, the cap. There's is a thing. salary cap again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, I get two fun ones. Great. So I get Mitch Marner. Awesome. Uh, I'll put Mitch Marner in the best tier because I know people are going to cry and say that Mitch Marner does not deserve to be in the best tier. But I would argue and say you're wrong because, well, they are wrong. Um, and by they, I mean basically everybody in the Toronto media and every single Leaf hater. And I know, well, Marner's not a $10 million player. And da 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 you Sorry, know what, what tier was that? Uh, I put him in the best tier. Okay, yeah, um, And also, like, you do realize that, like, Marner's a consistent like 70 to 80 point guy and maybe dips his toes in the 90s. Like yeah. he's, like Mitch was gross. He'll be a point per game player throughout his the prime of his career. Yeah, Mitch uh Mitch is very gross. All right. I think he's definitely there. All right, so Tyson Berry, this one's the hardest one. Uh but I'm going to try to speed this up. Tyson Berry is going in C tier. Really? I disagree. Okay. Um, the reason why that Tyson Berry is going to go in C tier is because he's doing his job, which is a right-handed Jake Gardner, and he turned his seasons around. But, you know, you need a defenseman to – like, you need a defenseman to put goals on, and you already have Morgan Riley for that. So I think to be completely honest with you, like, I love Tyson Berry. I think he's great. I don't want him taking a slap shot from the point ever again. Um, he's still like people forget like a forty point defenseman is still pretty good. Yeah. It's just I I personally like. I feel like we had our expectations for him were a little too high. Yeah, and like uh, to me, like Barry right now is just kind of a person to, you know. He's a guy who I would love to see anchor a power play, but we already kind of have a guy who does that. So it's kind he of like – It's just like water and oil. They like, yeah. No matter how good like they are, they just like just doesn't mix well, yeah, which is a, a shame fun. because I, I really like him. 
yeah, it's a fun toy, and he sounds like a really wonderful person, but, like, I just don't know, like, if the experiment worked as well as mm-hmm. it could have. Now, that's due to one person, but that's neither here nor there. All right, so now I'm going to give Joey the honor of ending this list by making every single person on Leaf's Twitter angry by where and he's putting going him to put. in the best tier. Like, how can you not? Okay. Like, how can so, you not? Um, like, after the season he's had. So, for those of you who, who don't know, couldn't stop scoring. For those of you who are listening and may not know, we are talking about William Nylander, who is, um, you know, by, quite frankly, the sexiest Leaf player on the team. Like, good God. Oh, I, like, he's got a nice head of lettuce. He, yeah. And also, Willie with a beard is great. It makes him look older. Also, the Swedes can grow facial hair, man. Like, Swedes that grow facial hair, like, you know, the Sedins have the nice little goatees. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Swedes are some good-looking fellas. Dude, do you know how much I really wanted, like, a, like a Peter Forsberg, like, goatee? Like, mm-hmm. something like that? Like, that would have been, like, sick to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. All right, so, was, um... That is our list. Yeah. I know we... we we could have probably spent a lot of time talking about it, but there's a lot of other things. To, well, we'll touch on some other things first, because I'm sure we're well over the hour mark now, right? Or, or uh, how, how uh, we're almost there. Okay, all right. So we'll we'll and talk. Then, yeah, some. we'll we'll post this picture of their tier list on our yeah. Twitter for you guys to reference or debate about it or and all that. Yep. Y'all can y'all can voice your displeasures in us or commend us on a fine job well done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're back. Um, just had to take a break because that whole entire tier list um, was very draining, and it also took longer than we thought because we we have very strong opinions on on a hockey team based in Toronto. Um, as as one does. As yeah, as one normally does, and. You know, we still need to find ways to talk. It feels weird talking about, like, uh, you know, the Leafs now. Just because, like, you know, like, back in January, February, it was, like, nonstop. Like, I think we cried because of the David Ayers game. Well, uh, that was our very first show. It was the the very first show. It was the David Ayers game. Holy crap. We're just like, okay, we got it. We we need somewhere to vent. (laughs) Yeah, that was was bad. I just realized that. Oh, my God. Um... But anyway, uh, so speaking of, of the Leafs, um, because we always have to try and bring them up in some way, shape, and form, uh, Mitch Marner, who is uh, streaming Warzone, uh, COD Warzone, uh, uh, every so often on his Twitch channel, um, which is very interesting just because Mitch has the p- personality of a YouTuber, but not like a douchey YouTuber. He's got like that gamer. He's like Nasher, basically. If yeah. Any of you follow... Um, NHL 20 gameplay. It's Nasher, who is one of the best NHL 20 players out there. I don't want to say in the world because I'm sure maybe somebody's better. Uh, but basically, somebody in the chat uh, asked Mitch uh, what his thoughts about reopening uh, are should the NHL resume. And the exact quote, that, well, I don't know if it's the exact quote, but Marner basically said, okay, I'm all down for starting everything back up. Let's rock. 
But what if somebody gets sick and dies? It's awful to think about. And this is this goes against, you know, how people want to, you know, blame the athletes about like, oh, they're getting paid millions of dollars and like, you know, they're not going to want to play or whatever. Like yeah. in, in this case scenario, would you consider them greedy? Because I don't. I, I just consider them as, as being safe. No, they're not being uh, they're not being greedy. Like they want to be properly compensated for putting themselves out in danger to provide entertainment for people. And also, like uh, we talked about this uh, before on on our, one of our nosebleeds episodes, might have been a uh, two weeks ago or whatnot. Uh, but athletes are sacrificing a lot if they want to come back and play because, like, if you think about the situation right now, like a majority of them are at home. You know, they're with their families. Um, like it's great because, you know, they get to spend time with their families because, you know, the life of a professional athlete in normal circumstances, they're on the road, you know, they're practicing, they're playing games, they're training. They don't really have that much time with their families. So it's almost like selfishly, they want to stay home because, you know, you have that family time. But also another thing to, to look at is, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of logistics that need to go into this. Like, okay, if I'm going to do this, how long am I going to be away from my family? How long will I have to take? Because especially when you look at the the Canadian rules, like I think it's what, two, two weeks mandatory quarantine, whoever enters the country. Yeah. So you have to look like, for example, like the American players. Or so the even if they decided like today, okay, guys, let's, but we're going to start the season as, like, as soon as we possibly can. Everybody's going to fly into the country, and it won't be until June where like the games actually start again. I still think, you know what, like I, I was talking about this with um, with my cousin because we're both kind of on the same page about like we don't – we're feeling confident about, you know, X League starting up and not Y League starting up. Uh, so we kind of went on um, – we did a little – well, he did a little bit of research. I'm not entirely sure how – accurate these numbers are uh, i'm sure there's probably more accurate numbers out there or, or maybe i'm right maybe i'm wrong i don't know um but basically he went out and said that um certain uh leagues have a percentage of ticket gate revenue but they have percentage the majority of their percentage and revenue comes from their tv contracts like yeah, for TV example contracts are the money's made. yeah like before like in I, I want to say like the 80s and 90s before you know uh, networks became more mainstream, ticket gate revenue was huge because if you, if people aren't going to your games and people don't really invest in your product, odds are you're either gonna sell the team or your team is gonna end up you know relocating or you know they'll expand elsewhere more or less. Um, so. Um, based on the numbers that we found, we found that the NBA has about 40% yeah. of their revenue uh, based on ticket gate revenue. Um, so it's big, but you still have that 60% revenue. It's all advertising. Yeah, advertising, advertising and, and, and broadcasting and, you know, obviously mm-hmm. uh, merchandise sales is, is big. I know merchandise sales might be still going well because I know a lot of leagues put out the, the masks which I'm yeah, but I think to... no, but they're not selling those for profit. Yeah, I, I know that that's true. They're not they're not selling those for profit. 
but it's a uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna give you guys a little lesson that i learned in grade 11 marketing oh, it's a pull snap. strategy they go i didn't have they that go on the riddle. marketing is actually a really fun class i'm not gonna lie but Took it in college but yeah. and i love it. yeah but yeah the, so i'm sure you've heard of it then it's a pull strategy they go on the website i want to buy a mask help help out a good cause oh that's a pull cool t-shirt oh, why don't i pick up a jersey while i'm here <laughs> oh for sure yeah it's mm-hmm. something to basically attract more than you know you normally would and i think yeah like but going back to my point the mlb and the nfl their ticket gate revenues the mlb is only 20 percent, which i find and the nfl is only 15 which initially i found shocking because you know those um like the nfl those, uh, has high, a huge international audience that's probably why that's true but i thought because you know Granted, both have very, uh, you know, broad audiences, but I thought, you know, because of the capacity of their stadiums that they would rely more on it. But I guess because of the distribution channels, it kind of overpowers that. The thing is, is with Mm -hmm. the NHL, they, first of all, they're already not living up to their NBC contract. That's problem number one. They're also not living up in Canada with their um, with their CBC Sportsnet contract, to my knowledge. Um, I know some people have numbers that say it's different, especially when it comes to like hockey night in Canada. Region, I know regionally, I know regionally hockey does well, and yeah, and regionally, like yeah, hockey does well in Canada and the U.S. in most markets, at least. It's just like the national games like don't do well, but like I kind of get it. Because, like, you know how, like, the rest of Canada is against Toronto. And Toronto always has that national spotlight on, like, Wednesday night hockey or on, like, Saturday night or whatever. And, like, yeah, like, even you you would have to admit yourself, like, the the casual fan who, like, out anywhere else in Canada who just hates the existence of Toronto isn't going to tune in to just watching Toronto every week. So, like, I get it. It's it's a similar thing with like um like Sunday night baseball when usually they'll have like the Yankees play or they'll have the Red Sox play, like they try and tend yeah. to those those big markets. They, got, they get, get the big market team. For sure, yeah. And I think one one thing I'm wasn't yeah, it go going back to that wasn't it like 2015 or 2016 one of the seasons where the Jays made the one of the seasons where the Jays made the playoffs, um they had a Sunday night game on ESPN. And it was like a huge deal. I think it was. I, it might have been 2016 because 2015 they were still like everyone was like, oh, this is a, uh, you know, this is. They just came out of nowhere. And yeah, exactly. Like, they they just in the caught snap fire. Of finger. Yeah, they caught yeah. fire at the best time, which I think was that's still yeah. probably my favorite season to date, just because of how um, fun it was and how like it went from oh, they're offense, but they can't pitch. And now it's just like, holy shit, this team is, this team is fun. Man, oh, here, David Price. Yeah, here, here's a free David Price. Here's a Troy Tulowitzki before his body breaks down. I mean, that's, that's sad. That's a very poor joke. But, I mean, like the poor guy sad had tale. such bad luck with injuries. Man, we'll, get, we'll get back to baseball later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, anyway, my point being is, like, the NHL's revenue stream, like, they have a hard time getting revenue to begin with. Like, the revenue that they yeah. made last year was significantly less than what they projected, which is one of the reasons why the salary cap is rising so slowly and why certain teams are obviously getting very annoyed because the 
demand in players is high, but you also need to look at, you know, don't have that much room to sign people, which is really the problem in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So if you lose, they play like what, 60 games. So they they have like another 12 to go before, you know, you're, you're done. And then you go into the playoffs, but like Marner, like, first of all, if you listen to Marner's like statement, it wasn't over like a zoom call. It wasn't over like a, it wasn't on like a newscast. It was casual. He was saying what yeah. he felt. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely true because, you know, hockey's a high fa- high-paced contact sport. And I heard something that, like, you know, that uh, Bauer was going to look into creating full face shields. Like, you know, the face shields that players yeah. use there when they have, like, uh, like uh, facial injuries? Yeah, but, like, even those, have they have, like, holes in them, obviously, because they need to breathe. Yeah, so, like, I understand that. But then there's also, like, some people are saying there's going to – they're going to limit fighting and they're going to limit hitting. Like, I don't you can't just completely eliminate it, though, with the snap of a finger. Like, hitting yeah. is a huge part of the game. And, like, fighting is something that will just happen. Like, I don't know how you just say, like, like you can you can enforce it by, like, handing out penalties or, like, yeah, game misconducts. But, like, it'll and still also, happen. Like, and also some people are obviously going to be more, like, negligent of the rules than normal. Like, I think it's getting mm-hmm. to a point right now where you know, things are are going to be very weird. And to be completely honest, like the NHL as of right now, you know, they need to, um, like, they, like, again, they struggle so much. I know I'm kind of, like, repeating the same points. Um, but another thing that I need to, to point out is that the NHL does not have a concrete plan. Like, if you look at, if you look at, like, a few weeks ago, like going into the beginning of May, late April, the NHL was like, okay, we're going to do the, you know, we're going to have four hub cities where uh, all teams from each respective division will play in. And then, you know, that'll be great. And everyone was like, oh, that's a great idea because you, uh, you go where the, the cases are, are significantly lower and under control. But then you also need to realize, you look at the schedule, like the schedule would have to be reworked. Like, what if, for example, like, Montreal played Minnesota on a Wednesday? Like, would you have to travel to, you know, say they're playing in Minnesota or they're playing in Arizona? Like, do you have to travel from Toronto to there and then back to Toronto? Like, every problem has – or every solution has a problem hidden in between it. And now we went from, okay, hockey's going to come back by, you know – beginning of June to, okay, now it's going to come back early July. It's almost getting just, to a just, point. Just can it. Just Yeah. If you're going to push can that. It. Don't like, want to lose anything from next season. Just exactly. be like, okay, whatever. There's a pandemic. And we can't really do anything about this. Yeah, and I understand, like, Gary Batman, like, oh, well, we want the season well, to. That's his job. Yeah, that's his job. He needs to do that. But the problem is, is that when they literally, when they were unanimous that unanimously see i still can't talk um but when they had that uh that board of directors call um the day after the nba suspended uh operations nobody was opposed to the league stopping prime you know Mm -hmm. at the time temporarily but 
I know that the owners have agreed. Nobody thought. I don't think anybody thought it would last this long. Yeah, exactly. Like, and also I think what, what it is right now is there are so many like uncertainties with this virus still, and like keep in mind like we're only two months removed from you know this being ruled a pandemic. So, and if you look at the you know history. And seeing how long pandemics usually last, it's not officially ruled over for two years. And considering yeah. that, you know, the numbers for this thing are, are gradually, you know, still climbing high. Like, you know, yesterday there was, you know, just under 100,000 new cases. You know, it's getting to a point right now where it's really every day that it goes on, something bad has to happen. And I understand the need to have sports back as a distraction, but have individual sports. Like if you're going to have, for example, like, like for an, example, golf courses in Ontario. Yeah, exactly. On Saturday. If you're going like to have that's golf, an easy sport where you can like distance yourself from others and stuff. And like practicing social distancing is like not difficult at all under under the, the rules and how the game is played. Exactly. And then you have, for example, like obviously the UFC is already uh, continuing with their events. They've already pulled it off twice so far, which to much acclaimed success, um, you know, it's almost at a point where it's like, OK, when will, you know, something like maybe tennis will resume mm -hmm. um, in the. And the last thing and the last thing you want to is to like resume one of these leagues and then somebody gets it and then you just got to cancel it again. Yeah, like how shitty think, would that be? And from a player's perspective, which I know some people may not understand, but you know, a lot of people are going to talk about greed, and I'll I'll talk about this comment. So basically, Blake Snell, um, who is a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, came out and said, you know, I don't think it's worth it. You know, they're going to cut my salary, so I can go and play baseball for less games, make less money, and put myself at risk. Now, two things with that. Number one, Blake Snell basically said like a month ago, if he gets it, he gets it. So kind of backtracking. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's also we know certain things. We knew more, more things now than we did then. Uh, and a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, Blake Snell, you know, is is a hypocrite or whatever. Blake Snell's right. <laughs> like, no, you know, like, like if, if I were to work right now, I'd want to be properly compensated for it. <laughs> exactly. Like, like given, given the dangers. Yeah, and everybody is right now, like, especially frontline workers, like, they're scared to go to work every day. Imagine when non-essential mm -hmm. jobs start to open up. Like, in Ontario, it's only a matter of a few weeks before things start to significantly reopen again. But, you know, think worldwide. Like, think right now, like, Russia's a, a hot spot right now. Like, imagine once, you know, like, stuff in Russia isn't going to start for a long time. Like the KHL before um, things in Russia started to get really, really bad, they experimented uh, hockey with no fans. So if you want to see a template of what it could look like, I'm sure there's footage somewhere about um, where the KHL. Uh, or just, just be like when you ever walked into one of those random arenas, yeah. like, like a beer league team playing. It's just, it's just the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Except obviously, like with the KHL, it's more high paced, you know. Obviously, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, like Blake Snell, like 
And another thing that I was I was looking at was uh, I posted this on my Instagram story. Um, for those of you who don't follow me on Instagram, first of all, do. Um, second of all, it was a pitcher by the name of uh, Pat Light, who I think he plays for the uh, the Boston Red Sox. I'm not entirely sure, but he made a um, a hypothetical conversation. So the conversation starts with, "Hey." Go risk your life for me and my friends to be able to watch you play. Okay. Also, take a 50% pay cut. Okay. Also, take an additional 33% pay cut. No. You're so selfish and greedy. Like, what? Like, come on. Yeah, it's the, like, that's, I don't know. It's like the owners at that point that they're the ones who were being greedy. (laughs) Yeah, I think at this point, like, you know, I, I don't want to dive into uh, to something else um, because it's it's gonna get me in trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not gonna get me in trouble, <laughs> but I, I just don't want to rehash it right now. But again, well, it, I'm, I'm another you, another yeah. thought. Go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna I was gonna bring things back to hockey, but unless you had something else to say. Oh no, my mine is basically you know along the lines of hockey, where it's basically mm-hmm. like I'm one of the few people who like don't want things to rush back, not just because yeah. like, there's gonna be no no attendance there and it's going to look awkward but because another point that i saw i don't know if this is where you're going to go about this but somebody i can't remember where it was i read it on the score um and basically like somebody went out and said um you know the competitive the compete level is not going to be there yeah like people aren't going to try as hard because they're they're afraid which rightfully so you don't want to go and, mm-hmm. and die well, I don't want to say go and die, but you don't want to go and, and get sick because this, mm-hmm. this thing's no joke. Especially, like, it doesn't matter what age you are at this point. Yeah, and um, anyways, what I was going to say is, I don't remember if you talked about this on the show last week, but what are your thoughts on the proposed 24-team playoff format? Whew, okay, um, so I think we did, yeah, I think we did mention it, but if we do do 24 um so just to paint the picture there's 31 teams in the league okay so if you do 24 teams you know this is where my my math skills start to come in you basically have seven mm-hmm. teams that are shooing to get you know seven picks if you get eliminated first like in said tournament what do you automatically get like the eighth overall pick and then you go like nine no. ten etc the nhl doesn't know what it's doing it's almost like like okay in football you have like the whoever finishes lowest gets the definitive first overall pick. Same with, with yeah, they baseball. don't they don't do a lottery. And then they go based on your record. So yeah. it's almost like it's the same thing with hot with hockey and basketball, but you have the lottery aspect. But if you go out and do this twenty four playoff format, it's saying screw the lottery. Um, and in all honesty. It's basically saying, like, okay, you know all this continuity that we've had over the last, like, you know, 100 years – oh, I don't want to say 100 years. For the last, like, 50 years when a majority of these teams were here, yeah, we're going to throw that out the window. Because, like, okay, mm-hmm. 16 teams right now, if you want to go on the hockey standpoint, if you wanted to go by the 16 teams that would make the playoffs, or, or technically 17 because there are some teams that are currently on the outside looking in. So, based on points, it would go Boston, St. Louis, Colorado, Tampa Bay, Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Vegas, 
Edmonton, Dallas, Carolina, Toronto, obviously, Columbus, New York Islanders, uh, Winnipeg, Rangers, and the Calgary Flames. If you extend that to 24, the following teams make the playoffs. Nashville, Vancouver, Minnesota, Arizona, Chicago, and Montreal. Montreal is making the playoffs a dead 500 if you do that format. Like, could you imagine? Like, could you imagine if, like, Montreal just gets hot all of a sudden and wins the cup in a season where they weren't even supposed to be anywhere near the playoffs? I'd be fine with that because then you can make the joke that they they have, like, what, 24 or 23 cups? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, oh, you have 25 now. It's like, no, you don't. It's like, well, yeah, well, but, like... But, like, think about this from, like, a, a like the NHL is a league that already isn't taken seriously in the grand scheme of things, like, compared to, like, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Like, could you imagine if something like that happened? Like, it's yeah, just, like, it's, this it's, is why the league is, like, looked at as a joke. For sure, yeah. And, like, it's not even going along the lines of, oh, well, you know, this, uh, you know, this team went from, like, last to first, and they won it, like, in a miracle. No, it's, so, oh, this team wasn't supposed to be here, but the NHL decided to just say, fuck it, let's see what, let, let's just do this, and then, and then it happened. It's almost like, remember when, um, when me and Cole were getting into the discussion about, uh, if, uh, the Brooklyn Nets were to be the Raptors in the... Yeah the playoffs and i was like there's no way but he's like but think of the story and i'm just like no i don't want to think of the story mm-hmm. yeah like that would be well, a like, huge upset and that would like, be, make no sense but i have a i have a, I have a question for you about this like why <laughs> like wh- why would they feel the need to have, come back to 24 like like 24 team playoff like, what's the I point think- just be like sorry rangers but it's a pandemic, but we just got to move forward without you. See you next. Be- better luck next year. It's just really hard because, like, I know some fans are going to get really annoyed. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, this is out of people's control. You know, like, you can't control yeah. nature. It's almost like when the when the players' strike happened and, you know, and, and Major League Baseball and the Montreal Expos went from being the odds-on favorite to winning the World Series – to you know a few years later relocating like shit happens and i know it's really broad and and kind of insensitive to say but shit does happen Mm -hmm. and in this case scenario if you want to just bend the rules just to get stuff in mm -hmm. to make money like it's it's kind of insensitive but like or or the nhl does does this this is the most logical thing points percentage <laughs> like i don't understand why like that that exists for a reason like if you just want to because yes not everybody has played the correct amount of games or like the same amount of games so you could say like oh that's not fair just use points percentage to fill them in and then you don't got to lose any of next season well i mean if you go back no matter what i think you will but but, but yeah, yeah like it's still. just it, you won't lose as much of it and like i don't know it just it's I feel like the the NHL would be so much better if it just got out of its own way. Exactly, and like they're they're too they're too stuck in their ways. They're stuck on pride. Like I understand you want to go and and do this, and and it's gonna be a potential positive. But you also need to look at there's so many negatives um, that go into this. Like it's it's really it's really such a mm-hmm. T- it's a, it's a tough thing to look at. Like it's it's really hard to 
to look at things. And um, and just one more note before we, we get off of it. Um, if, even if they do resume, I don't think viewership is going to be um, in the good... I don't want to say in the good, but I, I don't think it would be in the great uh, scheme of things to just continue if viewership is poor. And then you just kind of look dumb and it's like, oh, we tried, but, you know, like, and that could lead to a lockout. Mm-hmm. You know, this could lead to lockout, right? Like, I already called yeah. a lockout happening by, like, 2023, but, like, this could accelerate it. And it could be out <laughs> Seattle of... Seattle plays one season. Oh, they lockout now. No, Seattle. The, Seattle's about to play their first season. It's like, oh, by the way, lockout, and they're just like, oh. That would be shit. such. That would be so NHL. I just want that to happen to stick it to Seattle. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I don't mean to rag on Seattle. I, I you always you okay. always rag on you have a big rivalry with Seattle. I don't hate the Seahawks. Okay, every everywhere else, like the SuperSonics, look what happened to them. The Mariners, look what's happening to them. Like, come on, man, get with it. Um. So yeah, before we, I guess yeah, we before we wrap things up because we don't want to take things too too long. Um, um, yeah, I was gonna say, have you been watching any of the Roy Holiday old Roy Holiday games they've been showing on Sportsnet? I watched a little bit of the one last night when they played the Yankees, and I completely forgot how long Brett Gardner was a Yankee for. Yeah, like, I Yankee remember for that. a long time, and like I forgot like like. Lyle Overbay, like I remember him. He was like one. I of the forgot that Eckstein played shortstop for the Blue Jays for like a season. I forgot about Marco Scudero for a long time, and then I saw that I one. Know. I really like Scudero. The other day. He was, Scudero yeah. was a fan favorite in uh in in my house growing up. Yeah, and then like you, I remember I saw the 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 clip where they um where they tagged Vernon Wells after he hit a home run, and he's like, "Wait, I actually played." Which I thought was really hilarious because yeah. like I don't know if like there's some bad blood between like Vernon Wells and, and the and the organization. I would think maybe not. I don't I think guess so. I guess like, just because like the, the he's teams he was pro on, Blue Jays on his on his Twitter profile. I think it's just he was so good on a bad team. Like if you look at his numbers, like when he was he playing, had so many Gold Gloves and like yeah, he 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 won three Gold Gloves. He was an All Star three times. Like the guy was He's one of the un- better players in the league. And also keep in mind, he could have been the guy to like stick his whole career with one team, but then he went to the angels and royally screwed that up. Yankees. <laughs> yeah. He was a Yankee for one year and he Which retired. Was very at, he weird. retired at 34. He could have, I mean, if he, if his numbers he were better, good. yeah, he could have like went to like, he was like, maybe like think, 35, 36. I don't think he had injury problems though. That forced him out. No, he really didn't. He played about like he just you know, regressed. Yeah, he played about like a hundred so games every year, except for seventy seven in in mm-hmm. Anaheim, like in the second year. But I think that's because like he was injured and also like he was only hitting two thirty. Like he was kind of a bench player. And then they got Mike yeah. Trevor, like screw Burn Wells. We don't need him anymore. Yeah. It's kind of funny knowing. Well. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's kind of funny knowing like looking back at like two thousand eight. Like when they first got Jose Bautista, it's kind of like, oh, they played on the same team for like a brief little bit, and then like they committed to to Bautista, and then Wells is just like, hey, I'm I'm here too, guys, and like no, everyone kind of like forgot about him, and then like about Bautista's who? like about Vernon Wells. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. well, the, out, the outfield was like it was what it was Vernon Wells, 
It was Alex um, Rios. Yeah, it was Alex Rios in and then lab, someone and then, else. <laughs> and then Guy. I can't remember. I want to see. It was from 2008, right? That was the game yeah, last night. Always like I know Matt Stairs used to play some left field, which was very weird because I only ever knew him as a DH. Like I'm thinking about like within like the those few years, like the mid to late 2000s. Um, Hold on, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure. Oh, out. no. So okay, Wouldn't, the the outfield. Travis didn't play center field. Dude, Adam Lind. A 24-year-old oh. Adam Lind. Do you want to do you want to know how old this lineup is in 2008? You got Rod mm-hmm. Barrias. I think that's how you pronounce. Rod Barajas. Barajas, yes. Overbay, Joe Inglet, David David Eckstein, who you talked about just a second ago. Mm-hmm. Scott Rowland, Adam Lind, Vernon Wells, Alex Rios, and Matt Stairs as your DH. Talk about weird. And then you got like, oh my God, John McDonald was off the bench. Travis Snyder. Um, Remember Eric Thames as a Blue Jay? That was, what, 2011? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 2011. Yeah, I remember that. That, that was – I kind of – I'm kicking myself. Well, I don't want to say I'm kicking myself. I'm kicking the team for, like, letting him go. But at the same time, like, I don't know if he's that special. Like, he's a, he's a bomb. He hits he's just a power bench. bat. <laughs> He's a power bat who's pretty lackluster in the field. Yeah, he'd be a good DH, but, like, that's it. Looking back, he was kind of good. He just, I think, like, I think we let him go for some reason because, like, I don't know if there was, like, some problem with him. And then, like, he ended up leaving, went to to Korea. Korea. Yeah, he went to Korea for a few years. He probably wishes he was back there right now. Yeah. Yeah, that was was weird. Um, just to, just to finish things off, I guess. Um, well, two thoughts. Uh, do you have like a favorite Roy Holiday game or or moment? Um, well, selfishly, the moment is the the postseason game against the Reds where you got the no hitter. That's mm-hmm. selfish. Well, that's a Blue Jay. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I had to pick. If I had to pick, like, another one, there was one where I think I went to a game where he pitched, and, like, the game was over, like, within an hour and a half. Oh, like, yeah. That's how good of a pitcher he was. Like, the games literally did not last longer than an hour. And, like, it sucks that, like, he regressed so hard in, in Philadelphia. Like, he had, like, one really good year in Philly, and then, like, he kind of, or two good years in Philly. And then, like, he kind of, like, regressed. But that, that happens with age. And, Especially you know, the pitchers. Exactly, and like it kind of sucks. Obviously, like the way the way his his life ended, because I would have loved to see him go in as a as a J, and he said he wanted to, but I think you know, um, his like his wife did the right thing. I think, in my opinion, like if he goes in without a ball yeah. cap, like it's fine. He's in there. That's all that matters, in my honest opinion. It's almost like mm-hmm. saying like, oh, what if Kobe Bryant goes into the Oh, okay. To be fair, Kobe Bryant was a an all time Laker. I was gonna say like say like yeah. Shaq when Shaq went to uh he went yeah when Shaq went to Miami. It's well, like would you would you retire in Orlando like, and then Miami and then Cleveland for a year like and then Phoenix he played everywhere. The best was um I was uh for my uh, my public relations uh my PR and media relations class 
uh, for one of our assignments, we had to basically uh, write a press release about a retiring athlete. And it was really hard to do because like, it's like, okay, you have to make sure that they retired with that team, like the team that they retired with. So I'm like, okay, what if I were to do like Jose Bautista? And I'm like, oh, I have to do it with the Phillies where he literally has like no ties to the Phillies whatsoever. Like you just pick a guy that like peters out and yeah. goes with a, with a no-name team. Like that, that would be kind of funny. Like it's just like, okay, you know, he um, – it's like, you know, he mm-hmm. played like 50 games with us, but he, he's going to be a legend with us. <laughs> so – um, yeah, so the, at the end of the month, there's going to be the Roy Holiday doc, documentary. Just like, I know we talked about this off, like, off the mic before. Like, um, I know you have some, some thoughts about it. Like, what are, like, what do you think? Um, see, so here's the thing. Like, I understand that it, it's kind of like, I understand why they want to make a documentary. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like looking at the later part of his his career because he was always a very reserved pitcher. Like you don't, you yeah. didn't really hear him talk much. Like he was always like a kind of quiet, smiley guy. But I understand like there's obviously like some things like uh, there's some uh, some dark things that might be brought up. Like you know, some people were saying that he had some form of a uh, like pill addiction, which I understand you want to be factual about it, but like kind of sucks to like talk about that in a guy in a documentary about a guy who's like not really like alive to defend himself but at the same time it kind of sheds light on some things because like uh i mentioned this in uh in our group chat but um what happened was there was this documentary series that's on every week it's called dark side of the ring uh where it's basically just looking at all of like the there's all these stories that like people kind of like bury about like in the wrestling business that like obviously like you know wrestling's fake but then you look into like see like the real life of some people oh it's dark it's bad like there was one uh, i don't know if anybody knows the story uh the chris benoit incident where basically he you know murdered so many lawsuits on yeah like it's it's um, bad his name the guy that owns it all why is his name escaping me oh vince mcmahon yeah vince mcmahon has had so many but they, they're sweeped so under the rug. It's funny. And I think, like, mm-hmm. to be completely honest, I understand, like, the family's probably okay with sharing this. But, you know, it's still dark. Because, like, imagine, like, you know, he still mm-hmm. has, he's got kids. Like, his, his son's trying to, like, follow in his dad's footsteps. Like, how much of a mm-hmm. deterrent is it going to be when, you know, his, his son sees the documentary and he's just like, oh, by the way, like, you know, your dad had, you know, such a... The one that I think, I think his... Problem sons would already know about it like it'd be kind of shitty if they did it and like and like that's that was like true. the first time they learned that about their about their like father about their dad yeah that's that's that'd be but, pretty rough but like my thing about it is like because like addiction is like such like a real thing i feel like it's good for people to like be able to tell their stories if they're comfortable with it and stuff to like help others who are like possibly like going down that same road like that's i think true. it's good in that sense but I also feel like it should be. I also feel like it should be Roy Roy Holiday's story to tell. It should, yeah. And not somebody I'm else's. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe there's some like uh, like long lost uh, like interviews that we haven't seen. So yeah, I like, kinda, who knows I kinda, how long this has been in the works for, right? Yeah, 
Like that would be one thing that I want to see. One thing that I don't want to see, and this is completely unrelated. Um, I'll, we'll end it on this because it's so random. I just saw it. So uh, I don't know if anybody have you. You've probably seen the movie Scarface, right? Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know or not film buffs, um, Scarface has Al Pacino, who is one of the best Italian American uh, actors of all time. Uh, they are reportedly going to remake the movie. No all way. people to play uh, Tony Montana, they want Michael B. Jordan. What? Yeah, I saw that too, and I was like, why? Like, there's so many people that you could use. Okay, first of all, I think you shouldn't reboot the movie at all because it's a timeless classic. But two, and I don't mean to sound insensitive about this, like, I'm sorry, but Michael B. Jordan does not fit the role. It's it's almost like, okay, in a sense, like Robert Pattinson as Batman, you can make the same argument, but like Robert Pattinson can play Batman. Like, I don't see, like Michael B. Jordan's a great actor. Like he's done some great movies. No, he's a, he's a fantastic actor. Oh, he is. Exactly. Um, and I think like the thing about, like he was great in Black Panther. He, he was great in Creed. Like Mm -hmm. he's done good movies. I just don't see him as Tony Montana, unless they're going to do a similar movie to Scarface. But there are some movies and Hollywood and Hollywood needs to realize this. There are some movies that you do not remake. For example, 20, 30 years down the line, we should never remake the MCU. The MCU should re- should stay what it is. You don't also ever remake The Godfather because why the hell would you do that? It's one of the best films of all time. You also don't remake. Actually, I, I can't know. wait for there to be like, for me, like I'll be like, like, like 30 years from now, you just see like a, a revamped super bad. <laughs> just like Seth Rogen when he's like in his seventies, like being a protege. No, okay, no, except, you... no, except it's their kids. No, it's actually a genius idea. <laughs> now. Okay. If you're going to, well, like they did that with American reunion. So like they yeah. could do like something like that. If you're going to do fine something, if they have some of the original cast in there. But if they're not in there, then screw it. If you do a parody of it, or you do like a spin-off of it, then fine. But if you're not going to, mm-hmm. if you're just gonna, you know, remake it, you can't. It's like the Ghostbusters movie. You can't remake the Ghostbusters movie when, first of all, you don't have the original Ghostbusters, and B, like Carol Ramis died like two years before they made it, so like you, it's mm-hmm. impossible to do. Like yeah. it's it's weird. Here's I don't a, know. There's so many things. Here's a, here's a weird fact about me. I've never actually watched Ghostbusters, but uh... I, I watched it like a few years ago, like when it's on TV, usually around like Halloween time. I think I sat through and watched. I watched the first one. I didn't sit through the full t- the full mm-hmm. second movie. Uh, but it was it was Anyways. pretty. It still holds up. But Anyways, uh, wanna wanna wrap this up? We're getting yeah, a little well, lengthy. Well, yeah, we kind of. I, I I just saw that and I was just like oh my god um yeah so yeah that's our that's our installment this week um it'll go up um within the day or so whenever we decide to get to it because it's hard to stick to a schedule nowadays um worst. but anyway so um with that in mind this is when I start uh, coming and plugging is a Twitter uh so the Twitter is at uh at q underscore city pod or no sorry damn it i'm an idiot 
uh, at Q underscore city roundup. There we go. I'll get it one of these days. I, I, I literally can't. <laughs> Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm we'll, just letting you make mistakes now. I'm just not even yeah. going to bother correcting you. This is one of the reasons why, like, I never win like polls or anything, because like I'm, I'm, I'm so I slip over my words, uh, and I can't even say our own Twitter profile. Um, uh, but anyway, so make sure you follow that. Uh, we will post our tier, uh, our Leafs tier list uh, up on the Twitter page, so you guys can argue with it, agree with it. Tell us the Cody CC should be in the best portion of it. Uh, you know, the usual stuff. The usual stuff. And I knocked over my webcam because I didn't do that enough. This oh, or- <laughs> um, but anyway, so. Should I, I just, should I just title this episode of uh, the falling webcam? Yeah, just title it blooper reel. Just because, like, we can't. <laughs> you and I just, like, screw up every single time. More so me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we'll we'll figure out a funny name uh, once this is done. Um, so yeah, thank you all for for tuning in. Um, make sure y'all follow me and Joey on Twitter so we can you know engage with all of you and uh, and just be friends because you know this is the only time when Leafs Nation will actually be united on something until the season ends up restarting in a year or so. <laughs> Go back to yelling about William Nylander being good and other people disagreeing because they're dumb. Anyways, till next week. Yep. See y'all next week and such. Take care.